You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. Drive to deep center field, going back Hernandez at the track, right to the wall, gone! Elvis Andrews! And 29 other MLB clubs. High drive, deep left field, Guerrero lifts one to left field and gone. Oh, Tani, that was a moonshot out there in the right center. Alonzo defends his title, the 2021 Derby champion. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe from OPS Plus to juiced balls to game-changing moments. We have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Well, welcome to A's Cast Live, a Monday edition, as the Athletics are starting the last road trip. I guess we can say the first half. It's technically, we're already in the second half if you go by numbers, but we like to also go by the All-Star game. So, three in Texas, three in Houston, and then we'll all take a little break and then come back for a second half that is going to be explosive. And when I say that, I'm not necessarily saying that from the A's perspective, but I'm saying that there's a lot of interesting things going on in the game right now. Things are starting to change. We have some stories, whether it's the Baltimore Orioles or the Philadelphia Phillies, We got some teams that are starting to come on that could make this summer very interesting. The big boys, whether it's the Yankees and the Astros, they got to be able to hold on and to their big leads. You know, what are the Red Sox going to do? What are the Blue Jays, the Rays? Everybody's going to start making moves. We got the trading deadline that's going to happen. We got the draft. So teams that really need the draft to change their luck going forward That's going to happen. So we're going to have a lot of excitement coming up here. Oh, and breaking news. Breaking news. Well, according to MLB.com, this is breaking news. Two-time home run derby champion, the polar bear, Pete Alonzo, will be in San Diego to defend his title. Oh, excuse me, in L.A. to defend his title. That'll be on July 18th? Games on the 19th? Correct. I'll be at the Home Run Derby. I'm uh, excited to see Pete Alonso maybe go for a three-peat. Ha-ha, play on words. I think uh, that was coined by, what's his name, um, for the Lakers, coach, slick back hair. Pat Riley. Pat Riley uh, has either the trademark or whatever on three-peat. He might. So, uh, if the game's in L.A. and you're doing the three-peat, Pat Riley will be making a little money. Hopefully he's there. Off the T-shirts, no question (laughs) about it. I believe there's only one guy that's won the Home Run Derby title three times. That's correct. Hall of Famer. That would be a friend of mine. Yeah, I don't know. I never met him, but he is your friend. Yeah, I mean, we've been in the elevator together in Japan and hung out, King Griffey Jr. and I. So my guy Griff, the kid, is the only guy to ever win three I don't think they weren't straight, but he's won three 
home run derby titles. Home run derby used to be great, and I get it. Things evolve, and you want to turn it more into a show, get the big sponsor with the MasterCards behind it now, and you turn it into all these – you turn it into basically a made-for-TV event before it was basically for the fans. They started this in the 70s. I want to say it was in 1978 or 1979. The only reason why I know that, I did, I did a uh, report on it one time where they tried to figure out how can we make the all-star game bigger than just the game. And they started Home Run Derby, and it was, you know, how can we sell tickets and get people into the stands the day before the all-star game? And this is one of the things that they came up with. And it was able, hey, you can come in and watch the players work out. Then you can, Was when was the first Home Run Derby? 1985. I want to see who won the first Home Run Derby. It was 1985. Something happened in like 78, 79. May have been when they first allowed fans to come in for the workout or something like that. Uh, I'm trying to see if it doesn't give me the winners. Who won the Home Run Derby in 1985? Friend of the program. Well, since I'm looking at it. Well, you can play it off. Uh, I'm going to say it's somebody who played on the 1989 World Series team and, yes, has been on this program and has one of the greatest nicknames in the history of baseball. That would be the Cobra Dave Parker. Won the inaugural home run derby at the Hubert H. Humphrey Metrodome in Minneapolis. Talk about a dump. I went to the Hubert H. Humphrey Metrodome, and that place was awful. Compared to what Target Field is now, which you you got to go to a beautiful ballpark over the weekend, courtesy of the great Bob Melvin, hooked you up with tickets Thanks, Bob. at uh, Petco Park. Petco is one of the great spots in baseball. Once again, you build a ballpark in a downtown scenario, it works. It's an undefeated concept. Do you hear me, Oakland City Council? You can look 13 miles. I don't know if that would be 13 miles. I know the Coliseum to, uh, I'll still call it Pac Bell Park. You can call it Oracle. Are you talking about miles or nautical miles? Because I think those are different. No, miles. It's like 13 miles from Pekka, not Pekka, from uh, Oracle to the Coliseum. It's like third from if you basically walked over to the water, got in a boat, and went over to Oracle, it's 13 miles. Or if you went under the water and you walked the bay, it's 13 miles. I don't know what Howard Terminal is. I'm sure it'd be very similar. Uh, probably maybe a little bit further, but it just goes to show uh, it's worked in Minnesota. It's worked in San Diego. It's worked in Colorado. It's worked in San Francisco. It's worked in Houston, Texas. Eh, that's in Arlington, so it's not in downtown Dallas. But Pittsburgh. The, Pittsburgh, the downtown stadiums work. It works everywhere. Helps small businesses. It creates community. It works. I'll give you an example. Petco Park. When I was a kid, nobody went downtown San Diego. People worked down there. You had government down there. Yeah. But it was bums, homeless, drug addicts. You didn't go to downtown. Now downtown for years with the gas lamp has been Super Bowl parties, and it's the place to go. When you're there, you were just there. That was not like that in the 70s. Not even close. That whole area down by the ballpark is phenomenal. Uh They've, I've been to San Diego several times now. I still haven't got to see the whole city, but I've seen the parts that are really 
really well done with a lot of tourists, and it, I love it down there. And Petco Park was beautiful. I, Basically, you went downtown and you went to the beach. You're good. Yeah, uh, there's nothing else. I, I mean, everything, I, everything inland is just suburbs. I mean, I, I know I have friends that love going to Pacific Beach. I, my wife likes going to Little Italy. Down. A lot to do there. Once but, again, you've been to downtown and the yeah, beach. Yeah. There's that's what you got. I can I can't confirm. The wedding I went to on Saturday did happen. The groom did ride on ride in on a jet ski as promised. So I wasn't sold a fake bill of goods like um, the Texas wedding where well, it didn't happen. So I got to go to a wedding and see a baseball game. Although the Padres didn't but win. You you and your wife continue to be the black cat of baseball travelers. You go to Texas. Wedding gets called off. Rangers went on a walk-off. But wedding got called off, <laughs> and then now you go to San Diego, and poor Bob Melvin loses 12 nothing <laughs> to the stinking Giants because you were there. So let's be honest. I if, if I'm getting married or I need to win something, you're not invited. Uh, Neither is your wife. You and your wife have been, uh, let's just say, you're the bad news bears. We got one more wedding this year, and it's like two oh. days. And it's like two days after we get back from our honeymoon. It's my wife's best friend. We have to go to. Wait for it. How many times have you been hanging out in Tehachapi? Where? Yeah, exactly. It's on my Lancaster. I have to go away to Lancaster in the middle of the desert for a wedding. They filmed the Flintstones in Lancaster, California. Yeah. It's not even Lancaster. It's out past. It's in a t- little town called Tehachapi. It's some winery. By the way, UFO activity out in uh, Lancaster. We, uh, Recently or? No, for oh. years. There's the, uh, what is, who's out there? Lockheed is out there. Lockheed has a lot of testing going on, and I only know this because one of my best friends, Tim Salato, slide piece, former teammate at San Jose State and longtime roommate, uh, his dad worked for Lockheed. His dad, that they would load the guys up. If you've ever seen the videos, I know we're so far off baseball right now, <laughs> but they, they'll, they'll show you the videos. You Discovery Channel, this is not conspiracy, where they would put people in planes and cover the plane, and you wouldn't see where you were going, and you would land in Nevada. What we now know is you were going to Groom Lake, Area 51. Well documented. Those guys were coming from Lockheed in Lancaster. My buddy's dad was on some of those planes. He worked at Area 51. And still to this date, he's been retired for years. Still to this date, he will not even tell his own son what he was doing there because it was all top secret. They're so freaked out about telling anybody anything that they won't even. He said, my dad's been loaded. We're Come on, Dad. Just His dad will not tell him. He, you know, you're sworn to that secrecy, and these guys, let's just say, are deathly afraid to say what they did but yeah my buddy's dad was on one of those planes that flew in nevada they everything was sealed you couldn't see where you're flying into you got off the plane you're on some base in the desert which we now know is area 51 that my friend is real where's my where's my x-files music oh i don't have it i have to get bob nightingale is going to join us in moments as there's a lot of there's a lot of great stuff to talk about. I you want to get into your Baltimore Orioles. I don't know how it is how Cody switches teams. It was the Brewers are the greatest thing ever in Craig Council. Now Brandon Hyde comes on the program, manager of the Orioles, Santa Rosa's own, comes on A's Cast Live. Since then, his team's on fire. He got the A's Cast Live mojo. So we couldn't give it to the A's, but we gave it to 
the Baltimore Orioles as the Orioles are the best story in baseball. My God, Mike Elias, whatever you do, do not sell players off. Uh, that, yeah. Do not. I'm not saying to go out and trade some of these hot young prospects that you haven't brought up yet, but do not trade what Lopez the closer, Mancini, friend Mullins, of the program, Cedric Mullins. Cedric Mullins. Do not trade people off. Baseball created extra playoff spots. And in the first year of creating extra playoff spots where you're only – Okay, as of yesterday, they played the Peacock game. Yeah, I believe it's two and a half games they're back. Okay, I'm going to check. I'm just, before I check the standings, because I reported two and a half yesterday in my third inning hit, but they were the Peacock game, so they had played first. And obviously, Yankees Red Sox went on for a five hour game last night, Sunday night baseball. Red Sox won again. They're only two games back of the wild card with, I think, 76 or 75 games to play. Do not sell off. Because you know what happens? Mike Elias, God, I'm about to sneeze. Mike Elias, I'm trying to help you in your job. No relation to me, by the way. You have now been in charge for years. You've done the dumpster dive model. You've built it up. It's starting to work. You don't want to be, let's say, like the San Francisco Giants. You won 107 games last year as the San Francisco Giants. You now are just, was it two games over 500? Yeah, 43 and 41. You're 12 and a half games back. Two out of the wild card, if you're looking for optimism with them. Sure, but but look at the difference in a yeah. season. If, if you're Baltimore, people are coming back to the ballpark. People are coming back to Canterbury Yards. People are starting to get excited. If you're only two games back when there's all these wild cards, and you and you dump it, and then next year don't have a good year. You're I I, I unless your ownership is stupid, you'd lose. I'd fire him. Yeah, I, I don't like see- you can't keep. At some point, I mean, when does the rebuild start to be like progress? Just not rebuild, rebuild, rebuild. This is progress, and if you dump the progress to still say you're rebuild, rebuild, man, you're now looking at a decade. You're, I mean, how far are they along on this rebuild? Is it five? This is the fifth year? Let's see. They lost two. They lost 100. It was a, no, 18, when was 18, he hired? Uh, I think it was right after the Astros won the World Series. So he would have been 2018 would have been his first year. They 18, lost, 19, 20, 21. I'm yeah, right. This yeah. is fifth year. Yeah, three, three out of this four years. And if you trade plus. guys and take a little bit of a step back, ah, oh, we're getting young guys for, you know. So what, next year and you don't win that six years, seven years? You're winning right now, man. Let it ride. I'm not saying build on the team, but also over that weekend, Shohei Otani. And I love Shohei. I think he's the one guy that's must-see. But this whole he has to be the MVP is a farce. Four games they lost to the Orioles. He went 0 for 3, 3 for 5, 0 for 3, 0 for 4. The one game he goes 3 for 5, he does hit a home run, a solo shot. For the series, four games, Orioles sweep the Angels. Shohei Otani hit. What did he hit? Not well. 200. He's at the Mendoza line. 200 for the – in four games, he hit 200. He's three for 15. So, when a guy is a 250 hitter, 
Uh, yeah, he hits home runs. And by the way, Camden Yards is still a bandbox for the left-handed hitter. That hasn't changed. What they changed was left field for the right-handed hitter. I know Shohei's great, but I think when we look at the MVP balloting, you have to put everything into context. You just can't go, let's go to baseball reference and look at the numbers. Like every single time the Angels want to make a comeback, Otani disappears as a hitter. He only hit 209 in those 14 games that they lost. 14 straight games. This is your primetime guy with Trout, and he hit 209. Not saying he's not great, but it's like if we're going to pick the MVP. But what do I know? Let's go to the top columnist in all of baseball. You read him USA Today, the great Bob Nightingale back here on A's Cast Live. Bob, how are you? It's been a while. Yeah, doing great. How are you, how are you doing, buddy? Uh, we're doing well, and, you know, I was just saying, as we're about to head to the All-Star break, we got a lot of interesting stories. You know, you already got the front runners out there, especially for us in the American League with the Yankees and the Astros. They're great teams. But then all of a sudden you got this unbelievable story with the Orioles. Look out for the Phillies in the National League without Bryce Harper. We're starting to get some good fun here in the summer. Yeah, I was just looking this morning, Chris. we got 20 teams uh you know, that are within two uh, two games out in a wild card spot. So just, you know, 10 games are uh, further out. This is uh, three games back or more in the, in the loss column. So, yeah, it's fun to see a team like Baltimore, who's been so bad for so long, you know, losing, uh, you know, 100 games year after year, finally starting to turn around. I mean, for them to be almost 500 in the AL East, uh, you know, can you imagine what it's like if they're in a different division? And remember now, it will help them next year because there's more balanced play. You're not playing in the same, uh, you know, Division 19 times. It's down to 14 times. Everybody plays everybody. Yeah, and we were just talking about that with Mike Elias. It was like, please don't trade guys off. I, I understand if you don't want to be a player at the trading deadline and you're just going to stick with what you got and let it ride. The last thing I would want to see is here they are. They're only two games back in the wild card. They're right in this thing. They're one of the hottest teams in baseball. Their bullpen's been good all year long. Their starting pitching has definitely come around. Rushman has come up and given them some energy. They're a lot of fun to watch. But all of a sudden, if you just throw up the white flag, it's like baseball added, Bob, these extra wild cards for these type scenarios, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I know they're, they're thinking, oh, this is a fluke. We're not going to keep, you know, keep it on. Uh, you know, we got to move these guys because we're not going to bring them back. But I'm with you. Unless you get something real decent in return, hang on to those guys. Because then you're just turning up the clubhouse. Oh, thanks, guys, for winning. Oh, by the way, now we're going to tear it up, tear it down again. I mean, not, they're going to strip it down like you did before, but guys like Trey Mancini, who's you know so important to them, and those that those sort of things would be moved. So I hate to see that. Remember last year with the uh, Seattle was kind of hanging the race, and they traded their, their closer Grayman to a Houston. They fell apart after that. It's like the players are saying, "Wait a minute, now if you don't believe in us, why should we believe we believe in us, ourselves?" So, you know, they went down for a while, you know, they came back, but, you know, they missed that. You've got, you got to be careful because you're uh, upsetting the entire clubhouse. And I think about the Orioles franchise. You know, for some of us who are older, we remember how great the Oriole way was. And for even older, mm -hmm. you know, longtime A's fans remember the battles that the Orioles and the A's had in the 70s where both teams had so many Hall of Famers and then – 
you know, you think about Cal Ripken Jr. and you think about all, you know, the guy guy won one World Series. You thought he'd play in a ton of World Series. That never happened. But you just think about that franchise. It's truly one of the great franchises in baseball. But the problem is, Bob, I think a lot of young fans, they just look at the Orioles as a bunch of losers. And that's sad because Charm City was always looked at as one of the best baseball towns and the Orioles as one of the best best organizations, I mean, since you've been covering the game. No, you're right, Chris. I mean, just such great baseball tradition then there. Uh, gorgeous ballpark. I mean, it's still the most beautiful ballpark in, in America. I mean, you can argue some of one if you want to. Uh, but you're right. I mean, all those years with the, uh, you know, Cal Ripken and Murray and, you know, Ripken Sr., Frank Robinson, uh, on and on, you know, Don Baylor. Uh, great history there, great t- tradition. And yeah, when you speak the oral way, I remember getting a copy of the, uh, uh, from the oral's official, uh, the world's way. I remember reading it, it was just fascinating. This is how the cutoff work. This is, you know, uh, you know, rotating around uh, in different scenarios. So they they play the game right. They play it to win. And, uh, yeah, people forget that. So it's cool to see that franchise coming back around. You know, if you look at the National League West, Cody was just down seeing Bob Melvin and the Padres take on the Giants. And you look at all the injuries that the Dodgers have, but yet – the Dodgers are still the Dodgers. It's like we talk about this every year. They got problems, but they just keep winning. And you look up, and San Diego is eight games back. The Giants are 12 and a half games back. They're just 43 and 41 after winning 107 games uh, last season, which was a franchise record, both San Francisco and New York. Is there anything do you think that the Padres or the Giants can do here? before the deadline to catch the Dodgers? Or is this the Dodgers winning again, we're going chalk, and the Padres and the Giants are just fishing for a wild card? Yeah, they're going to go be wild card. I, I, you know, a month ago, Chris, uh, I thought the Padres were going to win the division. You know, when the Walker Bueller went down, uh, the Padres were playing great. Obviously, they have like six or seven starters. Uh, that's, man, they're doing all this without, you know, without Tatis. And Machado was just coming off the intro list. But, yeah, just kind of, uh, you know, hit a wall here. So, I mean, I don't think the Giants have any chance to win the division. They're way too, you know, way too far back. I think they're battling for a wild card spot. And I think the Padres are, too. It's, the Padres may be a thing, you know. I mean, the Padres will get in the playoffs. They're too good, too tall of a team. Got too great of a manager not to get in. You know, they're, they're, they might be, okay, do we get the number one, number two, number three spot among the wild card teams? Uh, their big thing is probably just making sure they get home field advantage for that first round. Yeah, the Dodgers. I mean, wait, I mean, what can you say about their front office and Dave Roberts? I mean, when you look at the injuries that they have, the amount of injuries and to think most teams, if you start talking about all, I got a list of all these guys that are out right now and guys who are out for the year. I mean, most teams, if you had all these guys out, your team sunk. How do the Dodgers just keep doing it? Well, you know, they just say, I don't know if they scout any better, but they uh, develop great. I mean, it's unbelievable. Uh, the players that just come up to their system. Uh, I talked to scouts, and they say at A-ball, they got five guys who are legitimate major league starters. Uh, they got a catcher, they say, you know, would be the, uh, in a couple of years, when he hits the big leagues, he'd be the, the Cartagena, will uh, be a perennial all-star, one of the best catchers in baseball. So they keep producing these guys. Uh 
Yeah, we'll see how long, long it lasts. And you catch breaks, too. I mean, Tony Goslin, anybody could have had Tony Goslin last year, even during the winter. And who knew, you know, that'd be, you know, 11-0, 12-0, whatever he is, uh, you know, pitching lights out. So it's uh, it's unbelievable. And, you know, they're, it'd be interesting, too, to see what they do at the trade deadline. I think they got to get some back-end bullpen help. Uh, Kimball's a little shaky back there. If Milwaukee really trades Hater, and they're listening on Hater, that would be a perfect fit for uh, the Dodgers to grab Hater. You know, we're taking on the Texas Rangers here before the All-Star break. The A's are going to end up Texas, then Houston. Uh, Houston, an absolute juggernaut. They are so impressive. Uh, we'll get to them in a second. But I look at Corey Seager, 10 years, $325 million. You know how much we love Marcus Simeon, but seven years, $175 million. Uh, they're 39 and 44, 16 games back in the West. How do you think they feel about these contracts, and and how, how do you like the way Texas has gone about trying to rebuild their franchise? Well, I mean, uh, you know, it's too early to judge the first year of contracts, and the Wolf guys are underachieved, particularly uh, Simeon so far. But yeah, I mean, all they have to do is look at their own division at the Angels. I mean, the Angels have star players too, and they through all kinds of money, you know, at uh, Trout and Rendon and those sort of things. You ain't pitching to win. Uh, you got to be dominant. And one of the worst things the Angels ever did was uh, when they tried to get Garrett Cole, and he said, no, I'm going to go to the Yankees instead. But they threw the money at uh, Anthony Rendon, who's been a complete buck. You know, one of the worst contracts in baseball history you know, so far. And, uh, look, you know, look where it gets them. you, you got to have a complete team. you got to have depth. You know, we talked about the Dodgers. They got depth. These teams like the uh, you know Rangers and uh, Angels don't have it. You know, one of the things we love to talk about is MVP and the MVP race. And I get it if we just look at just pure numbers. You can look at it that way. I like to put it into context and actually look more into it. And it's like I don't want to bag on Shohei Otani, but when the Angels lost 14 in a row and it cost Joe Madden his job, he hit two. 209 over the weekend they got swept by the angels he hit 200 in the series uh only had one game where he was productive the other three games he took an offer when you start looking at you know Jordan alvarez who my god is a beast with the uh astros playing on a great team you look at judge what he's doing in new york on a great team Shohei otani though the unicorn, you've got to vote for MVP. When you start to look at it kind of towards the midway point, how are you seeing it? Well, yeah, to me, it's, uh, yeah, Judge one, uh, uh, Al Alvarez two, you know, going in, and probably uh, Jose Ramirez at Cleveland three. You know, I, I vote for the National League, living in Phoenix National League City. Uh, I, I certainly wanted to have Otani or Trout in the, in the top five. Uh, it's not, you know, I don't know what's wrong. It's where, where this has changed. But a lot of these voters now uh, vote for whoever has the best stats. It's not the best player award. It's the most valuable player award. I mean, you and I could replace Otani and the, the Angels would stink and win, win any more games and maybe lose a few more. But that's it. It's, uh, you know, help a team win. Remember when Kurt Gibson won it in 88 yeah. the Dodgers? It's like a, uh, you know, Strawberry had much better uh, numbers. Uh, Terry Pendleton didn't have the same numbers as Bonds the year when uh, 91 with Atlanta and won the MVP. But just about best player, and why didn't we vote Barry Bonds uh, MVP 15 straight years? I mean, it's it's viable, and the valuable to me is helping your team win. 
you're right. Trout and uh, Sean Otani were nowhere to be found during those uh, those series against the Yankees and in uh, the Astros. So you know, it's like last year. People say, "Oh, how about Juan Soto?" Are you looking at Nationals record? I don't care if he walks a million times or not. Uh, you know, you're, you're going to walk it. You're going to walk a guy if you have a bad lineup. It doesn't make him viable. I think I put him fifth or sixth, and some people had him first, which I thought was a joke. Yeah, no doubt about it. I think about like when King Felix won the Cy Young Award with a 500 record, but when you really delve into it, not only did he pitch well, but and he had he had like the great ERA, but he had great numbers against teams that were 500 or better. So when you really delved into the numbers, Bob, you saw by far this guy was the best, and that's why he won the AL Cy Young Award. Oh, exactly. I mean, if there was a guy right now for the A's uh, hitting, you know, on pace to hit 60 home runs and drive in 200, I still want to vote for him for the MVP just because of the A's record. So I want to see, to me, uh, he's a difference maker and, and uh, you know, would the Astros be sitting like this? They wouldn't have a 13-game lead without Alvarez. Uh, you know, neither would the Yankees without Judge. And uh, so, yeah, those, those guys, those guys are, are viable players. It's not just stats. You know, why are we going to have votes if we're just going to go on the best stats year after year? It's, you know, helping your team win, you know, clubhouse leadership and things like that. You know, that's what made those – when the Giants were winning the uh, World Series there, you know, uh, last decade when they went three of the five, you know, they, they had great leadership in there and stuff. You could argue uh, how much he meant. You know, like Brandon Crawford last year, I think he got a first-place vote in the, uh, you know, finished fourth. And I love that. You know, Crawford didn't have the best numbers by any means. But you take Crawford away from that team, they weren't winning 107 games. You know, the All-Star game coming up here on the 19th, uh, are you going to be in L.A.? I will be. You know, I, I made this case yesterday on the A's Clubhouse show, our postgame show, when we heard that Paul Blackburn was going to be an all-star. I can make a case his numbers actually deserve it. I mean, this year on the road, Bob, he's 5-0 and with a 1.28 ERA on the road, which is the lowest road ERA of any starting pitcher in baseball. If you look at his numbers, 6-4, and 3.36, pitching behind a team where he's got no offense for the first part of the year, the defense was terrible. Uh, before we get into the overall All-Star game, what do you think of Paul Blackburn representing the A's in Los Angeles? No, I think it's fine. Uh, I didn't realize those road stats until you uh, told me. But, yeah, and I do like the fact that every team is represented. Uh, I think, you know, kids stay up and say, oh, let me watch my uh, favorite team and my favorite player to see if he gets in the game, that sort of thing. I think it's good for baseball, just an exhibition. So, no, I mean, you're right. I mean, you know, what's interesting was they, I mean, obviously it was the MLB choice for Blackburn, but I found interesting. Remember now, the players vote for the uh, pitchers in, uh, in the reserves, and they did not vote for Shohei Atani to make the all-star team as a pitcher. They didn't vote for Clayton Kershaw either. And so it's just interesting. MLB had to step in and, and put those guys on the roster. So it's kind of interesting the way the players view things than the rest of the public. 
You know, when we were growing up, Bob, you had to go to games to vote, right? You had your ballot, and you'd sit right. there throughout the game, right? And we'd sit there, and you'd get, you, you know, you'd ask your mom for like a pen, and you're, you know, you're voting as many cards as you can. So that to me was when it really was the fan vote. The fans are out the game; they're actually physically punching a ballot, handing it into the usher. The usher then has to take the ballots and turn them in. Now it's <laughs> now it's all about computers. I don't even know if it really is the fan vote anymore. How do you feel about the way we go about it now? Well, it's so confusing. How about this year? You know, when, okay, you're, you're voting like two or three times, uh, you know, of the starters. And, okay, once the starters are in, then you're uh, voting for who's the, uh, you know, who's, who's the next that should be in, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I like the thing, you know, if you want to do this electronic thing, fine. But do it at ballots, too. Remember, they always have the big uh, – you know, cardboard ballot thing at the yeah. ballparks too. You, you know, you put in there and stuff like that. It made it fun uh, instead of you know, who can out who can out trick people the most. I mean, the Blue Jays had an unbelievable showing. Is that because they're drawing well, or is it because everybody got out? You know, uh, the message like, okay, here's how you vote. You can vote 30 times or what have you. So it's just it's just not right. You know, if you want to do it that way, I understand now it's electronic age. But, yeah, I would still like to see the, the written ballot as well. Yeah, when you're a kid, you felt like you were voting for the president. It was cool. You're like, I'm getting to vote. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Bob, great stuff as always. I mean, there's a reason why I'm paying, to, paying for the USA Today online. It's because of you, my friend. And thank you for all the years of support. You're the best in the business. Be well, be safe, and let's talk soon. All right, look forward to it. Thanks so much, Chris. I sure appreciate it. The great Bob Nightingale. Last saw him uh, spring training. Saw him down at Ho-Ho Camp. I don't think you were there. I was there. Were you there? Yeah. Yeah. Great guy. I've I've had Bob on my shows, all the different stations, all the different shows for literally over 20 years. Yeah, he's been around a while. I remember when we had him in uh, the first time we went to spring training, we had him and Ken Rosenthal and Dave Roberts all like lined up on the same day. I was like, "Wow, this is a really a who's who." A who's who? Who's who is that? But then it was it was A's Dodgers and Bob came on and said that that was a preview of the World Series that year. That was obviously the COVID shortened season, but. Um, Bob was high on the A's then, and he's always has a good perspective on the A's. I mean, obviously not this. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sure. You know, you mentioned Paul Blackburn with Bob. I'm very happy for for Paulie, Paulie Winday, to get a chance to go to the All-Star game. Um, he's pitched great. The road numbers are incredible. It's like reverse of Cole Irvin. Cole Irvin's great at home, and 
not the same but on the road. Or Blackburn's great on the road, not at home. Yeah. So it, it, it's awesome to see him go. Local ties, obviously. I didn't know this. I guess I forgot. You know, Blackburn was a first-round pick by the Cubs. It was a comp pick, but he was a first-rounder. His road is pretty amazing. I mean, as he said on this show, I got fired last year. Got DFA'd. He's an inspiration to all young pitchers. I'm just not going to say Bay Area. Because where you can listen to this show, where you can watch this show, is global. And all of Northern California. He's an inspiration, though, seriously, to all these kids. You never give up. Kids don't give up. There's going to be hurdles. There's going to be issues. Not everything's going to go your way. Don't give up. You got the rest of your life to work. Play as long as you can. As long as you can. Make them rip the uniform off you. And there's going to be people getting your ear, ah, maybe it's not your time anymore. Ah, maybe you shouldn't do this. Why are you going to play independent ball? No one goes from independent ball to the big leagues. Go start a career, start a family, do all that kind of stuff. No. You got the rest of your life to be that guy. Look at that guy. You want to be that guy? You can be that guy. Or you can be Paul Blackburn. Who do you want to be? You want to be Cody in the stands at Home Run Derby, or you want to be Paul Blackburn playing in the All-Star game at Dodger Stadium? Watching the Home Run Derby on the field. More Watching more, Home Run Derby. Yeah, on the field where I'm in the stands. Hey, he's going to have that mo- I think one of the most magical moments is when everybody lines up and they, in front of the television, Nash, national television audience, packed ballpark, Every player gets his due. From the Oakland Athletics, Paul Blackburn. And you step forward, you tip your cap, maybe you take your cap off, you get the ovation. It's your moment. Those couple seconds are your moment that will live forever, and they can never take it away from you. You're on the field with the greatest players of all time, and you're a Major League Baseball All-Star. It's really cool. And Paul Blackburn's going to get that moment. And I don't think he's the, oh, we got to have a guy in that. Paul Blackburn is worthy of an all-star selection. 5-0 and with a 1.28 ERA on the road. That's the best in baseball. 5.28. Look the way he pitched at Yankee Stadium. The way he's pitched on the road. Paul Blackburn is worthy of an all-star selection. And I do think it means something. I remember as a kid, you remember as a kid, that whether you had the greatest player in the world from your franchise that you love that's on the on the all-star team or not, it meant something to have that guy in that uniform, to have an A's uniform. If you're a Giants fan, I'll give you love. To have a giant that was there, it meant something. It meant something to see your town, your, your, your team represented. I, I don't need 8 million Red Sox. I don't need 8 million Yankees, and I don't need 8 million Dodgers. I have no problem. There's a guy from the Marlins, takes care of everybody in Miami. I don't care if they're, you know, have a guy there from Kansas City, takes care of everybody from Kansas City. It means something. And David and Berkeley, if I have the name correct, it's from Berkeley. David and Berkeley brought it up yesterday on the Ace Clubhouse show. Very astute. Because now... They got smart. 
Baseball just keeps getting smarter. We used to have, you just wore your uniform. I went to the All-Star game. I had my white A's uniform, or I had my gray A's uniform, National League, American League Park, right? I had my A's hat. Well, now I go as an A's player. I have the American League All-Star jersey on the day before. I've got the American League A's All-Star hat, which you can both purchase off MLB.com or if you're at the game. I still have the 2014 A's. I probably could go get it. A's All-Star? Everybody, hold on. You talk. I'll tell you exactly what I mean. You you talk about your trip to the All-Star. I'll, I'll talk about Paul Blackburn. So, as we were talking about Paul Blackburn, the 28-year-old 20 righty is going to be in L.A., obviously. Former first-round pick by the Cubs, Heritage High School in Brentwood. I saw people arguing that he's actually from Antioch. I don't get into that. He's still from the Bay Area-ish, so that's, that's all that matters. 6-4, ERA, 73 strikeouts over 91 innings pitched this year in 17 starts. He's holding opponents to a 246 batting average, which ranks 15th lowest among AL qualified starters. He has six scoreless outings. That's the most of any AL starting pitcher so far this year. Now, he's not Sandy Alcantara or Alcantara, whatever we say his last name, the best pitcher in baseball, who I'm going to throw this a quick aside when you said uh, have a Marlin there. He probably is going to start the All-Star game, although a lot of people think it should be Clayton Kershaw versus Shohei Otani. Oh, shut up. Uh, By the way, you're in trouble. My boy Sandy. I know. So he's at 130 innings. My boy Sandy, this this dip, you know what, bet me a steak dinner. Where are we going to go for that steak dinner? Uh, Morton's. We can go to Morton's downtown San Jose. That's fine. I got other places we can go to. Whatever. Anyway. They all cost about the same. But the bet is only one pitcher. One. Not two. Not five. Not ten. Not five, LeBron. Not six. Not seven. Not eight. I just need one pitcher to throw 200 innings, and I win a steak dinner. And my boy, Sandy Alcantara. Alcantara is what I heard today from Buster and Tim Kirchner. According to the Marlins play-by-play guys, we have looked over it. Alcantara. It's what it says on baseball reference. Baseball (laughs) reference says Alcantara. Whatever. My boy's getting me to 200. By the way, here is the hat if you guys remember. So, Oh, we had six All-Stars? Yeah, seven, I think, if you include No, Kaz, uh, yeah. <laughs> he was over in a Cubs uniform. He didn't count. Only one of those guys started in the game, though. The last A's player to be voted in. My man, J.D., was voted in. Last, last, last A's got to be voted in. Right? Do you guys remember this hat? This was the A's All-Star hat. It's dope, and I love it. It's one of my, fav- it's one of my favorite A's hats, and I bust it out every once in a while for good luck. Um, and this is a way they get you for more merch. So oh, for sure. So instead of wearing your, I can go get the standard A's hat. I got every standard A's hat. But instead of having the standard A's hat, which no one's going to buy at an All Star game, but if everybody, so everybody had their version of this. So you got thirty different versions of the All Star hat in your home team colors. So every year, what are you selling more of? Merchandise. And how much are these things? Like depending, forty to fifty, forty to forty-five dollars. Major League Baseball knows what they're doing, man. 
Uh, it's like it's like when I was in San Diego. Um, By the way, isn't this a slick hat? Yeah, you can tell it's an um, an older style one, but it's awesome still. What do you mean it's an older style? You can tell it's not, you know, something. The color schemes that we use now for hats are way different. Like, look at the Padres City Connect, which I think is fantastic. It's horrible. See, they're differing, differing views. I, no one I know in San Diego likes them. Uh, that's all the people at the ballpark tell you when I saw everyone wearing one. Everyone either had that or a Slam Diego shirt on. That's all I saw. Why, why do you say you don't think this is our color scheme? No, it is. But I'm more used to Kelly. I'm used to the Kelly, the Kelly Green now. We're not Kelly Green. That is an off suit. You you think this is Kelly Green? No. You think this is Kelly Green? No. You think the lettering on a regular, a, a normal? Look no, at, that's look, Kelly Green on the. Look Oakland. at this. Turn around. Do you see that? Yeah. It's the yep. same color. That's Kelly Green. That, but this is our home jersey. This is our jersey. When I see that jersey, I think of Jason Giambi. But this is our home jersey. has always been and always will be our, our home jersey. It's the same green. I love this hat. It's one of my favorite hats. I was disappointed, though, in San Diego. I couldn't find the Slam Diego shirt. I wanted that. I thought that shirt was pretty cool. But um, – where was it? Where are we going? Oh, we're talking with hats and the. They, it's just the way but the. But the L story. Well, hey, how about this? I, I'm 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 looking at Bob's tweet, Bob Nightingale, B, Nightingale on Twitter. There are twenty. Te- this is good for baseball. There are twenty teams that are in first place in their division. Lead the wild card race or within three games in the loss column of a playoff berth entering the final week before the All-Star break. Let me read that again. 20 teams, there's 30. 20 teams are either in first place, lead the wild card race, or within three games of a playoff berth heading into the All-Star break. Let's see if we can name the teams that aren't in there. before. It's A's. Pirates. Detroit. Royals. Cubs. Cubs. Uh... Who's really bad in the NL East? Nationals. Marlins aren't there. No, they're they're forty one and forty three. Oh yeah, they're probably out of it. Yeah, yeah. So Marlins, we, Nationals, Nationals. We got three more. Texas. Mm, within three. They're they're four games under. I can tell you right now. Yeah, it's te- te- Texas is not there because the, the Orioles are ahead of them. So yeah, Texas. Texas Angels A's. Yeah, so Texas, there's one we're missing. Miami, Cincinnati. Washington, Cincinnati. Cincinnati, Cubs, Arizona, Colorado. But everybody else, I mean, look at this. Look at this list. It's incredible. Look at the AL East. It's every every, every team, team is in is in it, including Baltimore, which we talked about. Yankees, Red Sox, Rays, Blue Jays, Orioles, all at that mark. Twins, Guardians, White Sox, Astros. Mariners. Mariners are playing good ball right now. Uh, Mets. Braves. Look at, by the way, look at the Braves. Look at the Mets lead over the Braves now. It was 10 and a half before. They started a series tonight. Phillies. By the way, Phillies, as much as the Orioles are getting a lot of love and they should, look out for the fightings. Without Bryce Harper. It's, it's, you know what? It's okay. You can win without one player. Well, they're in trouble this week, this week against Toronto. Four guys on their team are ba- uh, Alec Bohm, uh, JT Real Muto, uh, Nola, and one other player aren't aren't going because they're not vaccinated. I mean, those are core guys. It's not like they're bench guys. Like yeah. Bohm's their third baseman. Nola's probably their second best starter, their catcher, and there was one other guy. What happens if Toronto makes a run 
and Toronto makes the type of run that is they get to the playoffs, they smoke everybody in the playoffs, and then they go to the World Series. Do you know how each series you're going to have multiple players who cannot go play in the series? Yeah. The other guys, by the way, is Kyle Gibson. That's the fourth Philly. Two starting pitchers, their starting catcher, and their third baseman can't play in the series because they're not vaccinated. Now, luckily, they only go there once. It's National League, American League, but still. I'm talking about playoffs. Yeah, what, if, what if that's what if that's you're going to have? You're going to have – this isn't changing. God, the new variants are coming out, and everybody's trying to scare you. Um, I'm not saying it's not scary, but new variants are coming out, so nothing's going to change between the Canadian border and the United States border. And as our, our buddy Dan Schulman likes to say, hey, listen, it's the same rules the United States has for Canada. A lot of people don't think about that because we're all like, wow, guys can't go to Canada? Yeah, Canadians can't come here either. It's been the kind of the same, you know, you're not vaccinated. I, I'm not totally up on it, but I was trusting Dan Schulman, the voice of the Blue Jays. He would know. Same rules. I mean, he would know. But think about that. Is that not an advantage for – because everybody in Toronto is vaccinated, so their players can come and go across the border. You saw it with the Red Sox. You saw it with the Yankees. They can't take certain players into Toronto. And if that's happening in the postseason, if not the World Series, like we have no idea. Let's just say pick a team from the National League. Dodgers. That's fair. All right, Dodgers. That's chalk, but it's fair. Dodgers, Blue Jays World Series. That'd be a good World Series. But we don't know how many Dodgers are vaccinated. Yeah. I'm, they, sure, I'm, I'm assuming a lot of them are, but which ones aren't? Yeah, because they – why is Philly going to Toronto? I thought the American because the the Pirates were playing the they played the Yankees. So maybe the maybe the no because the the Anno Central's playing the AL East in the interleague this year. I thought so. Why is Philly going there? I don't. I don't know. I'm sorry. But just, the point is, can yeah, you imagine if you have a World Series and someone like Freddie Freeman's not? Even though I'm pretty sure he is. But we don't know. I mean, all of a sudden, Mookie Betts can't play in in four games in Toronto. Yeah, that's not good. Let's say, do we? We're not. Who's are we back? Are we back to flipping the World Series home field advantage? I think it's wasn't it first two, next two, then five, five. It goes about five, six, seven. Rotation. Who's got who's got home field? All uh, right, let me see how that works now because we don't do the winner of the All Star game gets home field. Oh, Bud Selig, the one thing Bud Selig did. So if it's advantage American League. Toronto could potentially host four games, and you would have players. There's going to be players. I don't. Is it is? I don't know how many teams are 100% vaccinated. We're not. The A's aren't. Kirby Snead. I mean, that was one thing that we found out. We didn't know, but yeah. Well, yeah, we did know once the he couldn't go into Toronto. Uh, best team with the best regular season winning percent. So Houston would have had games one, two, six, and seven last year over Atlanta. So if it's so if it's Dodgers. Blue Jays, the Dodgers would actually host four games. Let's take a team that's not the Dodgers. Cardinals. And Toronto has a better record, and they got to put – and we, yeah, yeah. I mean, you could be Blue, missing – Blue Jays, Cardinals. And actually, you know, Paul, Paul Goldschmidt isn't vaccinated. Ooh. I don't know that. I don't know that. I'm just I'm – just Hypotheticals. I'm just throwing a name out there. It's going to be a bad look. Yeah. It, I could see it happening because, like you said, you saw with the Red Sox. Oh, I believe Jaron Duran, they're, they're – Outfielder, center fielder, backup center fielder, probably in AAA. But call, he wasn't vaccinated, but he says he's going to be. I'm pretty sure that was him that said that. Tanner Houck, their closer, was not vaccinated. 
Uh, also, he didn't get to play, and they they had some bullpen struggles in Toronto last time they were there. So that was one of the things that they had. A, they had. They definitely had to worry about. Yes, and you know the teams are looking at. I know that. According to the Giants' old skipper, there were people looking at players going, really? You're not getting vaccinated, really? And that was for teammates going, we're tired of having to wear – what was the one team that was still wearing masks? Was it the D-backs? They, they were, I think at one point they were the lowest – they had the yeah, lowest percentage they did, they, of vaccinations. You had to get to what, to 85%, 85, yeah. and they couldn't get that, and they still had to wear masks. And guy, I mean, at some point – I mean, it's hard to believe we're still talking about this, but at some point – there's players who get bitter about it, and they're like, we're still doing this because of you. Yeah. Oh, do we have another announcement? Oh, we got another one, home run derby announcement. Joining Pete Alonso will be fellow NL East superstar. Ronald Acuna Jr. will be in the home run derby. Now, if you can get, if you can get John Carlos Stanton in there, that's three big power hitters. I mean, his, his uh, power to right center is unbelievable. For a right-handed hitter, the way he can pull the uh, take it opposite field, I love watching Ronald. And we saw in the 2020 playoffs between the A's and the Astros that when you use the Super Bowls, <laughs> the balls will fly out of Dodger Stadium, which notoriously for all those years, Marine Lair comes in. Uh, it's a pitcher's ballpark. Uh, the steroid era kind of got rid of that, and then the bouncy ball era got rid of that. We're now back to humidors and balls are different, allegedly. We have Dr. Meredith Wills now telling us that uh, Eric Chavez, you remember the report that came out out of New York where Mets players were saying, there's something going on. We're playing in like an Apple TV game and these balls are different. We can feel it. We can. You, you, they feel it off the bat. Ramon Laureano and Elvis Andrus of the A's have talked about how there's balls that we've hit that don't go out, that normally would go out. But then all of a sudden you play in a Peacock game or an Apple TV game, and it feels like you got the bouncy balls back. That series between the A's and the Astros was a joke. I think it was 25 home runs hit between both teams. I mean, guys were like hitting it off the end of the bat, and balls were going out oppo jack. At Dodger Stadium. And what were they saying? Well, it is it is a morning game. It's it's warm. It's Southern California. Stop it. Dodger Stadium was always known as a pitcher's ballpark. And the ball was for everybody. Remember Chad Pender like fell back, hit one off the end of the bat, and went out down the right field line? Oh, he line? crushed that ball. Crushed it. Uh, 24 home runs in that series. Uh, breaking the record of 22 that was set in 1995 between the Yankees and Mariners. Remember that one? Mariners won that series. Uh, they hit 12 home runs apiece. There was a stat in here about how far the balls traveled. Um, well, I guess it's not. It was like 9,000 something feet that the balls traveled. Uh, 9,862 feet worth of distance in those 24 home runs between the A's and Astros. It was a joke. I remember that. I mean, that, I remember. I remember us doing this show during that. You were here. I was down in Avila Beach. And we were doing it. I remember like wait, the game was. I up. was working. You were on vacation. Yes, let's uh, uh, let's talk about how that always happens. Uh, well, if I was doing it with you, how's everyone on vacation? Oh, you're at a beach and you just happened to do it, but then you went back to the beach while I had to do the game and do all the work stuff. Oh, uh, um, the game was like what well, they started like eleven or something, right? eleven or noon. They were it was early, the first they, playoff they game, yeah. At Dodger Stadium, you're starting a game on the West Coast as a first. Like, what 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 are we doing? 
so we can get Yankees or so we can get Marlins Cubs on at night. So and the ball so that they I mean the whole thing was remember Big Mac and Griffey at Fenway Park and they're hitting these balls. Oh my god, Big Mac. It's and it's like dude, they're playing with smaller balls that are built to fly further. And then Griffey's hitting it where Ted Williams hit it and everybody's like so impressed. They're playing with bouncy balls. That's also part of the problem too, for me. Is the days of home run derby, everybody got ten outs, you'd go up there, you'd hit, and that was it. Now they go all the different rounds. They've juiced up the balls. It's, you know, Chris Bergman. Brack, 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 brack. I mean, how many times can you hear that before you're like, oh my God? Yeah, like, okay. I was just looking Is up. he still doing it? I don't think so. Rabbit Snap do it now. Um, the most home runs ever hit in the home run derby than the new format. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hit 91 in 2019. He didn't win. He didn't win the derby. Pete Alonso did. It's called Jumping the Shark. It's when the event jumped the shark. So I, I hope you have a good time. I used to love home run derby. I've been to a home run derby in the old format. Um, now I'm not going to sit there for. It'll be about three hours. Three hours. I was about to say two plus. And a guy does well, and his teammate will come over and will fan him and give him a Gatorade. Oh, he's so hot. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm not going to sit there for two. On va- That's my vacation now. I'm not. Unfortunately, I'll be the curmudgeon. I'm not going to sit there for two and a half hours and watch Home Run Derby. I can literally go to YouTube and watch a condensed, like, three-minute ver- three version of watching these guys hit bouncy balls and in the end see who won so I can talk about it on the show. But I – Hopefully Pete Alonso. I don't know how you think that, that people are going to sit there on a warm, beautiful summer night. Where is it not – other than San Francisco or maybe Seattle – where is it not warm and beautiful in summertime? At night. Yeah, fair. I mean, who's going to be sitting around for three hours at your TV just watching the same home run, home run, home run? Home. I mean, who's going to do that for three hours? You can't get, can't get good ratings. I never looked. I enjoy watching it. Do you watch it for three hours? I mean, I, I don't sit there for the whole three hours, but I watch a lot of it, yeah. I watch the opening round to see how the guys do, and then I kind of wait. And I go once the finals come around, I'll, I'll go back and heavily watch. Yeah, so that me- that means someone like you, who's such a diehard, if you're not even getting full commitment, how do you think the average Joe's doing in summertime? I'll say this: um, I do watch the Statcast broadcast of it with our guys Benetti and Eduardo and um, Mike Petriello over the normal ESPN broadcast. I watched a little bit of the uh, Michael, the K-Rod, what do they call it? The K-Rod with uh, Billy Crystal last night, right? Billy Crystal, yeah. And they had Bucky Dent on and Mike Torres. I watched a little bit of that. It was interesting. I saw people tweeting. I forget who tweeted, but someone was like, A-Rod, you could tell A-Rod loves baseball. It's like, okay, great tweet, but but how, how is he? Like, I, I don't I've never, I've watched, I think, one of the, I think I watched the first K-Rod or K-Cast. I watched some of it, and I thought it was interesting. And, yeah, I mean, I think it's. Basically, and I hate to say this, but, I mean, listen to play-by-play guys for three hours say, hey, the 2-2 pitch. I mean, if you've got if you got someone like a Michael K that can steer the ship, right? He's steering the ship. It's easy for him. And you, t- got, and you got A-Rod, and you got somebody else, and you're going to other people, and you're doing that. I find it intriguing. I think he was the perfect guy to put in that role because he's a talk show host, too. So he knows how to steer... If you've got the right people, I got to tell you, baseball play-by-play 
I, I don't know the future of it, sadly to say. But I know we love our play-by-play guys, but hearing the same thing night after night and day after day on a national broadcast, I, I mean, this is what the Manning showed with the Manning cast. The Manning cast is phenomenal. They get unbelievable guests. Could you do it for every broadcast of every game? No. But if you're going to have a primetime game, I got to tell you, listening to David Cohn and Ravi, and who's the other guy? Is it Perez? Who's on there with him? Sunday Night Baseball. Oh, yeah. It's usually Eduardo. I mean, after a while, listening to three and a half hours of that, I, I, th- I found it intriguing. I popped in and out. I actually like the K-Rod path. And yet, Billy Crystal's a star. Yeah. I mean, how many times? I mean, what what's David Cohn breaking down that I'm – oh, my God. I mean, Billy Crystal was asking questions to Bucky Dent about the home run. He's a big fan. They were good questions. I, I found it interesting. Then I, I put on Buster. Bring me something different, for God's sake. Then I put on Buster, and I listened to him and Tim Kirkson talk about the Orioles stuff, which was good. And then they play interviews from last night on Sunday Baseball. Here's David Cohn with Aaron Judge. Cool. Two Yankees. Not, cl- click. I turned it off. There you go. Coming up next, it's not working. And I understand why. People are going to try and bag on it. They're going to try and say, ah, I told you so. But it's really not a bad move. And they should keep doing it. And a lot of teams should do it. We'll talk about it next right here on A's Cast Live. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than The Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. Streaming from the East Bay, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. Roster construction is very interesting. A lot of us are used to because of the way we grew up that you build a franchise 
by having a catcher, a first baseman, a shortstop, a third baseman, outfielders, and you basically have the same nine guys or try and have the same nine guys, ideally, that would be the way to go. And unfortunately with that, as time went on, with free agency, building a team like that became very, very expensive based off age, service time. It just became very tough to do, especially if you're a team that didn't have the same financial wherewithal as teams that make way more money than you. It's just a reality. The way the business is, because the owners of Major League Baseball and now the players keep them really from being able to do it, was going into the mode of what the NFL does, the NBA does, to where all the owners are really in it together. And they and they and and they we're going to make a boatload of money, but we're going to do it together. There's some of that in Major League Baseball, but the 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 big money owners only want to share so much. They you know because they know that it's their advantage. If you're someone like the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Red Sox, you have an advantage based off television, market size human beings in your area. Let's face it, the majority of Americans in this country live on the coast. So if you live where the biggest populations are, that means you have more households with televisions in it. Cody, can you keep your phone off the wires, please? That's it's so weird. Why it does that? It's the first now time. Now we get the, 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 the. I don't keep your it, electronics. It wasn't even on the wires. It was you just, millennial, you don't need to be on your phone all just, day long. I was just putting it up there. So, still to this day, more people live in the northeast of the United States of America than anywhere else. More people live on the eastern seaboard than anywhere else. Hence, you're going to have the biggest television markets. And the same thing out west in Los Angeles. It's where the most, that's the second largest populated city in the country. I, I'm not breaking down geography. You, you, Everybody understands this. So you have the advantage. You have the advantage to make a lot more money, and those teams don't want to give up that advantage. And if I owned one of those teams, I would feel the exact same. So I can either build my team one way, but even now the, 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 big, the big spenders are now building this. And where I'm getting at is the Giants. The Giants last year were praised for how they utilized their entire roster how they utilized the bus up to Sacramento and back, 
how they utilized so many players brilliantly. That led to 107 wins, the most ever in franchise history. That counts New York along with San Francisco, 107 wins. And everybody was applauding Farhan. Everybody was applauding Gabe Kapler. They're geniuses. Now, the problem when you do this, a la, it's got Moneyball written all over it in a lot of ways. But when you play the mix and match game and you're going to do everything by splits, is what happens when all these guys don't have, forget career years, don't have good years? What happens if only half have good years? What happens when that model doesn't work at a 90-plus percent capacity? Well, there becomes holes in the boat, and they, they, they start out the holes, you're leaking, and then the holes turn into big gaping holes. And next thing you know, there's so much water coming into the boat, you can't save it. I don't know where the Giants will end up this year. It's just all the pinch at home runs, which was a record for them, not there. Veteran players, I mean, they just DFA'd McGee, who had 30. They just DFA'd a guy who had 31 saves last year. 31! And they just said, bye bye I'm sure he's going to get claimed by somebody. As soon as he got cut, the first thing I thought, sounds like an Oakland A already. Sounds like an <laughs> Oakland A, but yeah. I do not fault them for what they're doing. What they're doing is smart. What they're doing is building a team that, yeah, a lot of things have to go right. And if they go right, oh, man, it's going to be hell on wheels. If they don't, just like any other team, it won't be hell on wheels. But the good thing is, compared to the team where you have your everyday third, short, second, first, outfield, you you know who your nine guys are. Problem with that team is that team's expensive, and if they don't, if they're not healthy, you are screwed. The good thing about building it the way the Giants have, the A's have, and a lot of teams want to do it now, and it's why the Dodgers have such flexibility and can have so many guys hurt is that if this doesn't work, well, you can restart the machine all over again. When you become like the Philadelphia Phillies and let's keep the same guys and pay them all a ton of money, this was the old Phillies. They got expensive, they got old, they didn't have flexibility, and they were sunk. So there's multiple ways to build a roster. But the Giants, the way they built it, worked last year. It is not working this year. And there's nowhere to go with that. And one of their problems is, I we saw this in an article yesterday about how on defense they're terrible. I mean, their defense has just changed from year to year. Their defense efficiency last year was sixth best, sixth best in baseball. This year they're 29th. How many teams are there? 30. There's they're 29th. Defensive runs saved. Last year, they were 11th. Overall, this year, they're 27th. And how about this? Outs above average. Oh, the old Pache stat. They're fifth last year. This year, 30th. So, 
getting to balls that they should get to, errors, all of that that they did last year, it's not happening this year. So your splits aren't working offensively and defensively. Your starting pitching's not as good. You're not getting all the pinch-hit home runs. And once again, the, the platoon players, the splits is what I'm trying to say. Hey, it's a righty, so we're going to play a lefty. But ah, it's a lefty, now we're going to play a righty. Doing everything, the mix and matching and everything they did last year is not working this year. And to throw on top of all that, your defense stinks. And you're giving away outs. You're giving away outs with errors, and you're not getting outs that you should. Plays that you should make. And you're not making the spectacular play either. It's all falling apart, and you're going to go from 107 wins. They will not win 107 games this year. I I think that's pretty safe to assume. They will not win 100 games this year. Also think that's pretty fair to assume. So wherever they end up is going to be a dramatic dip. And hence, season tickets are down, season ticket base are down, ratings are way down, both on radio, their television, their radio ratings with KMBR, and their deals with KMBR has been in shambles. That's kind of been reported, but the relationship between KMBR and the Giants, from what I understand, very strained. Very. That whole, it's the sports leader. And it's the Giants. And this relationship for all these years isn't what it used to be. And that was the relationship of the Giants and KMBR was kind of the gold standard for many years. I know I worked at KMBR. It used to be like the gold standard. Now, not so much. Rumors are Giants even looking for a new flagship station. I mean, it's it's... The business of the cash got Giants are so cut, flush with cash, still doing well, but that machine isn't what it was. But I, I'm not going to tell them to switch. Yeah, it'd probably be better for them to have a star player and have a big-name player, but the way they did it, the way I like it, and it's the way that the ace, we've done it for the most part when we've been good, is you're not bogged down to a Corey Seager 10 years, $325 million. You really think Corey Seager, your return on investment on the field and off the field, he'll be worth $325 million? Probably not. Now, he did just win AL Player of the Week. He's been playing well in July, but no, he's not. You think you're going to get 10 years and $325 million worth of Corey Seager. What about seven and hundred and seventy-five for our friend Marcus? You're going to get that in his mid-30s, going into his late-30s. That's what you're going to get. Like, the biggest deal with the Giants, and we talked about this before we came on the air, the Giants gave Brandon Crawford an extension last year. Now, this is to show you what how well they thought of Brandon Crawford last year. Brandon Crawford is now 35 years old. Oh, He's on the injured list right now. He's playing 68 games. A 221 batting average, an eight or sorry, a 654 OPS. He has five home runs and 32 runs driven in. Brandon Crawford last year is an all-star at age 34, played 138 games. 298 batting average, by far the highest of his career by 23 points. He had an 895 OPS, a 522 slugging. His highest slugging prior to that was 465 the year prior. He had 24 home runs, drove in 90. 24 home runs, he has five this year. His batting average is down by 60 points. 
almost actually it's down by 77 points. And he's hurt. You know how much you're paying Brandon Belt? Seven. They give him a one-year deal, so it's like, isn't it 17? 18.4 million. Yeah, he got, the, he got the qualifying offer. He's played in 47 games. And he had how many home runs last year? 29. He was trying to be the first Giant since Barry Bonds had 30 in a season, fell short. He has six home runs this year. Six. You're paying him $18.4 million, and he's played in 47 games. I think this is the last year for Longoria, but you're paying him a lot of money too. And he's on the injured list. So I would not tell Farhan to change anything. You, you got a bunch of guys coming off the books, and you try and redo what, 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 what you think works. There's one guy that I'd be concerned about. It'd be Joey Bart. Ugh. Negative war. He's hitting 160. He has four home runs. He has a 600 OPS. He struck out 53 times in 100 at-bats. Half the time he strikes out. And his defense isn't there either. I was told that he's a, a great defensive catcher. His defensive war is, according to baseball references, 0.2. Just wanted to point out, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to bag on the San Francisco Giants. They had a great year last year, and I think what they're trying to do is the right way to go. I think locking up, I mean, locking up a bunch of guys at high prices, that's why, you know, you try and warn A's fans. Buyer beware. A's fan, we can't buy jerseys. So what? Like seriously, so what? I get so I to me that like like who do you want to buy a jersey of? Who 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 is the one guy that has gotten away that man he would have sold so many jerseys. Oh, this guy this, this guy that. Who? I can think of one guy. I think we're thinking the same guy, maybe. One guy. Actually, there's two guys. The rest, uh, you, you were so desperate just to love somebody. So desperate. Oh, Sonny Gray. Resign Sonny Gray long term. No. There are so many guys who do not warrant a long-term signing. It's unbelievable. Are we both thinking of Donaldson? I'm thinking of J.D. and Olsen. Yeah, Olsen. <laughs> Olsen, uh. You, sh- you tell me something about Olsen that's pretty I'll alive. tell you what, yeah, Matt Olsen, if you don't know, and I didn't know, just doing my Sunday research, Matt Olsen is chasing a number that I didn't realize harder to do than 60 home runs. You've had Barry Bonds, Babe Ruth, Roger Maris, Mark McGuire twice, and Sammy Sosa, what, three times? Three times, yeah. Hit 60 home runs. Did you know, baseball fans, that it is tougher to hit 60 doubles in a season than it is 60 home runs? What? What? I didn't know that. You had Earl Webb in 1931 with the Red Sox. At age 33. 67. George Burns, not the actor smoking <laughs> cigars till he was 100 years old, did it for the 1926 Cleveland. Would they have been the Spiders then, or were they the Indians then? Let's uh, see. Spiders might have been at the that turn. Was a, that was like the turn, turn of the century. century. Jack, uh, Joe Medwick. Which I believe Medwick's the last guy to hit for the Triple Crown in the National League. 1936 Cardinals hit 64. Hank Greenberg with the Tigers in 1934, 63. 
Paul Wehner for the Pirates in 1932-62, and Charlie Geringer for the 1936 Tigers had 60. And I- Nobody! Did you not get the significance of that list? No one's done it since 19, the, the late 30s. 1936 is the last time someone has had 60 doubles in a season. We've seen a couple close calls. I told we told it's Todd Helton had 59 in 2000. That's a close call. Uh, Nick Nicholas, then Nick Castellanos, hit 58 in 2019. That's when Woo! he went. That's when he went from what the the Cubs to boy. Detroit these to guys the had no idea how close to hit. I bet they had no idea how close to history they were. Um, Carlos Salgado hit 57 in 2000, the same year that Helton did it. And then if we're going to go any. Uh, Jose Ramirez had 56 in 2017. Nobody since 1936 has had 60 doubles. And our guy, Matt Olson, is on pace. And Truist Bank Park, is that what it is? Truist Park, I believe. Truist Park? They don't put the bank in there? I I think it's just Truist Park. It is, yeah, Truist Park. Truist Park is not known as a doubles uh, haven. I mean, think about when Jed, Jed Lowry had 49 doubles for the A's. That just seemed like an extreme amount. Of course, it's an Oakland A's. It's the Oakland A's record. Is it the overall athletics record for most doubles in a season? I should know this because I had to report on it constantly. It's definitely the Oakland A's most, which was a ton. 53, it looks like, is the record. Who did it? Al Simmons. Hall of Famer? Yeah. 53 in 1926. Where were you at 1926? 1926, I was covering the, um, yeah, 49 doubles for Jed. That was a ton. I mean, Jed is an extra base hitting machine. Giambi had, what, 44 one year? Jason Giambi, look up Giambi. Yeah. I want to say Giambi had 44 one year. That's a ton of doubles. Like I told the first guy, I'll look up Jeremy. Then the first guy I thought of that hit that hit a ton of doubles was another first baseman, uh, forty-seven for Giambi. Excuse me, Jason Giambi. I slided you forty-seven. Jed beat that with forty-nine. That's a boatload of doubles, and you're talking Matt Olson could have sixty on the year. Former sixty. Former Blue Jay Lau Overbay hit fifty-three in two thousand four. As a first base. I remember he was a doubles machine. 53, 34, 46, 30. High 30s all the time. Uh, this is your pilot speaking. I would do a steroid check on that guy. He, he did a lot. Of, his high career in home runs was 22. Uh, we noticed uh, during this time that uh, here on Southwest Airlines that uh, during the early 2000s, a lot of guys had crazy numbers. We all thought it was home runs, but uh, your pilot's going to tell you here. Uh, doubles were insane also then. I mean, seriously. By the way, that's my pilot voice that I do that you guys don't get to hear off the air that I do to everybody. Yeah, this is your pilot here. Southwest Airlines flying into uh, John Wayne in Anaheim. We'll be landing in 20 minutes before you can go to Disneyland. So, I mean, you had, you had a gross amount of doubles in the early 2000s. Oh, yeah. So, I look, Olsen has 33 right now. His career high is, wait for it, 35 last year. He's already at his career high. 
And there's one other thing with Olsen that we need to get to because it's pretty impressive. I, I don't think it's impressive. I think it's just sad, the, the durability of players anymore. Right now, Wet Mirafield didn't play in today's game. He had a streak of 553 consecutive games end today. Why didn't he play? I have no idea. Matt Olson is now the leader in the clubhouse for most games. Not Miguel Tejada. Consecutively played at, wait for it, 221. All he needs to do is play every single game for the next 14 years, and he'll pass Kyle Ripken's 2,632. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> What's the problem? He's, what, 28? Olsen's 28, so yeah. He needs wait, a, wait, wait. He needs to play how many years? He needs to wait until he's 42 years old every game to break Kyle's streak. <laughs> What's the problem? You don't think he can do that? I mean, that, that is truly remarkable. I mean, Merrifield was at – our friend, two-hit win, was at 553. Yeah, Tejada's, I, Tejada's in the top five for longest games, right? Tejada was a long – yeah, he had the longest streak for a long – didn't he have the longest streak after Cal? Yeah. Let me see, I'll pull up that record and see what it is. My man Garvey's up there. I saw Steve Garvey Padres – Pullover jersey at the Padres game yesterday. A pullover? What's a like pullover? One of the, like one of the old, like, 70s, 80s. Like, you know, the, there's the – you get the Mitchell and Ness jersey, like the pull, like the – it looks like a T-shirt, but it's an actual jersey. Like a jersey, but a but real it, jersey? Yeah, yeah. Okay. They, they had Garvey. Um, Friend of the program, Steve Garvey. Cal Ripken, obviously Lou Gehrig, Everett Scott. Gehrig was up there? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, Steve Garvey, and then Miguel Tejada was at 1,100. Garvey's fourth and Tejada's fifth. Wow. Tejada's was 2007. The next closest in, like, in the last 15 years would have been Whit Merrifield, his 25th on the list. I want to bring this up. All right. we get wet. You know what? I'm going to bring this up later in the program. There's something about Cal Ripken that's very interesting. But coming up next, we head to Dallas. From the Dallas Morning News, Evan Grant will join us right here on A's Cast Live. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than the Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. Evan Grant from the Dallas Morning News is going to join us. And talk a little bit about this series, Rangers in the Athletics, and how are the Rangers feeling right now? I mean, if you're the Texas Rangers and you're 39 and 44, you're 16 games out. You had a good weekend. You took two out of three. You're four games out of the wild card. I mean, this is the thing. I mean, going back to uh, – do I still have Bob Nightingale's tweet up? You got a lot of teams still in it. And this is why baseball added all of these wild card. That's why there's six, that's why there's six playoff spots. Had a caller the other night on the clubhouse show said, you should go to eight. I like that idea. Eight, 
put 16 team in it, make it a true tournament. I was always in favor of this. What are we at now? Seven? Yeah, I was always in favor of doing the extra. Uh, We're at seven or six. Oh, I was in favor of the seven, like we did in the 2020 year. Like having that like that. Why not eight? So you have more than half the league in the playoffs. It's, I mean, it's one more. But it means, it means everybody's vying for the play. It means everybody's trying to make the playoffs. I mean, the NBA and the NHL do it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. People look at it and go, you could have teams under 500. I don't care. It makes everybody try. I'm pretty sure the Astros went to the ALCS under 500. We yes, we 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 have our game has gotten so pathetic. We have to do everything to make teams try. Teams rather not try than try. That what I'm saying. I'm not being talk show guy here. There is ample evidence of teams trying not to win games at the big league level. You could say the A's are one of those teams right now. I mean, we got to be honest. Think about it. We're having to four, but 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 for the A's, you, you, they've got a pivot going here. You got to kind of give them a pass because they were just in the playoffs three straight years, tried again last year, made a bunch of moves, ended up at 86 victories. So it's not like they've been hanging in the cellar like the Orioles have been. The A's have been trying their ass off to, to, to win a championship. So the thing for me is, but we've looked at the Orioles. We've looked at the Pirates for 20 years being under 500. We look at these franchises, they weren't trying. So we're having to add playoffs to make you want to try. The NBA did it. Trust me, if the NBA didn't have eight teams in each each uh, each league trying to make it, you'd have how much how much dumpster dive would you have in the NBA? Because well, you already have tanking. Going, well, it was going on for a while. You you literally have teams that could say we cannot beat the Golden State Warriors. Well, yeah. I mean, it's they. I mean, this has now been going on. You could have start. You started the season going. There is no way we're beating LeBron James and the Cavaliers, or LeBron James and the Heat, or the Golden State Warriors. We got Evan, by the way. I mean, you just, you just knew. So if you were a bunch of these teams, you knew going into the NBA season, you weren't going to win the championship. But by having all these playoff teams, you had an opportunity to make the playoffs. It may just stay in it. Evan, welcome back to Ace Cast Live. How are you? Hey guys, how are you? We are doing well, getting ready for this series. It's uh, two series for the Athletics in the great state of Texas before the All Star break. It looks like the Rangers have been playing better baseball. They have been. I mean, it, it, it's really been since since the first two weeks of the season, Chris. I think they've played pretty good baseball um they're if, if i was summing this team up to this point i would say that the rangers um have played a lot of one-run games the next step is to start winning one-run games they, they've struggled in one-run games and i think that's the, that's the next step for a winning club is you're you're in games you're competitive but there have been a lot of occasions when they just either haven't made the play that they need to make defensively they haven't had the big at bat that they've needed or there have been there have been nights beyond Martin Perez and John Gray when the starting pitching hasn't been effective enough. I think the most optimistic thing for the Rangers right now is since the start of this month, both Marcus Simeon and, and Corey Seager 
have shown uh, kind of the the one-two punch that the Rangers expected when they signed them both this offseason. Yeah, you had these two major contracts, but you mentioned Perez going to the All-Star game. Just talk about the year he has had, and just like our own Paul Blackburn, going to be a great story there at Dodger Stadium for the Midsummer Classic. Yeah, I mean, Martin has, uh, Martin has really found himself, it, it, it feels like. You know, I, I covered him for the first go-round here in Texas when he came up as a 21-year-old, and I think that the, the, the label that he got at that point in time was that this was a guy who had good, great stuff, who had a, an outstanding changeup, but that he could come undone in, in situations when certain things didn't go his way. Um, and I think it really kind of hit home for him when the club didn't pick up his contract option after 2018 that he needed to change some things. And he, the last three years in Boston and Minnesota, I think there, there was a lot of soul searching there. And when the opportunity to come back to Texas arrived, I think Martin dove in head first. Uh, he's been he's been a great teammate. He's been uh, a great presence for a lot of the younger pitchers. He's been as steady as they come. Listen, he got he gave up six runs the other day against Minnesota, stayed in the game through six innings. This team was in position to win the game when he left. That's the kind of guy he is now that even when he has a what you would call a quote-unquote bad outing, he still keeps you in the game long enough to not burn up the bullpen and to give you an opportunity to win. I think the Rangers are 12-1 in his last 13 starts. That's, the, that's keeping a team afloat right there. It's so refreshing to hear, too, because we're so used to guy gets in trouble. Oh, my God, we got to go to the bullpen. Hey, sometimes you're not going to have your best stuff. Sometimes you're going to have to go out there and you're going to have to battle. It's one of the things we talk so much about Jack Morris when he was getting into the Baseball Hall of Fame where he's like, listen, there was a lot of games you just had to eat it and give your team innings, but that helps your team long-term. We've gotten away from that, so it's good to hear that there's still some times where a guy, hey, if I gave up a couple runs, doesn't mean I'm out of it and doesn't mean I still can't help this team. A hundred percent, and I, I think that that's the effect that he's had is that it's helped, it's helped the Rangers win his starts, but it's also had you know kind of a residual effect. Uh, the bullpen is fresh behind John Gray. Um, uh there have been opportunities recently where the Rangers have had to use bullpen games behind these two guys, and they've been more competitive in those than they were earlier in the year. Uh, but I, I just think that overall, Martin has just come into a point where he just, as he said yesterday when he was talking about the All-Star birth, that he had to really figure out who he was. And I think that that, that's a huge process for a lot of guys. It comes slower for some guys than others. He's 31 years old now, 10 years into the big leagues. There's still plenty of career ahead of him. And what he's shown this year is is the kind of pitcher I think the Rangers believed he would be when he first came up. You know, when the, when the Oakland A's fans look and they see the deal that Seager got and the deal that Marcus Simeon was able to sign, and you know how much – we love Marcus Simeon, a Bay Area kid, and uh, just the nicest human being. We love him and wish him nothing but the best. But Ace fans, they always want to keep their players. They want to sign someone long-term. They want the new ballpark. They want to sign a big free agent. They would love to have that. And you always say, you know, a lot of these big contracts don't always work out. Some do, but a lot don't. 
when you look at the deal so far, how are Ranger fans feeling about the Seager and Simeon deal? Well, I mean, I, I think it's kind of like the political landscape in America right now, right? I mean, it's about fifty-one forty-nine. Either way, you, <laughs> either way you want to make the argument, there are people who know that this is a long-term deal for the Rangers, and there are people who want to see results right away. This team didn't sign Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager expecting to go to the World Series in 2022. They know that there are still holes on the roster. Uh, I do think that the Rangers would have liked to see a little bit stronger uh, individual performance from both of those guys coming out of the gate. But listen, we I have seen this before. I saw it with Sinshu Chu. I've seen it with other players. You sign a big contract, and there is a part of you, whether you are willing to admit it or not, that wants to live up to the contract, wants to prove that you're worth that money. And you may try and do more than you are completely capable of. And it takes kind of a personal uh, come-to-meeting kind of uh, approach to say, all right, enough of that. I'm just going to go be who I am. I'm going to be comfortable in my own skin. And once you get to that point, you can start performing. And I think that's what we're starting to see with both Simeon and Seeger. They got here. They, they, they didn't know the team. Uh, there's been an awful, an awful lot of turnover on this roster over the last couple of years. Um, everybody kind of had to get to know one another. And both those guys were, I think, trying to press a little bit too much. We're starting to see what they are capable of when they are right. The Rangers offense has been a much more dynamic force uh, over the last, really, I don't want to just say over a week. It's been a longer period of time. Uh, Seeger's been... Seager's been pretty hot over the last two weeks. Marcus has been hot really going back to early June. So uh, they're both making significant strides. Yeah, Marcus has basically turned it around ever since that Grand Slam in Oakland, right? Yeah, the Grand Slam in Oakland kind of got him off, but it was really the doubleheader in Cleveland when he hit three home runs and went seven for eight a week later that that really got him going. I think that really – uh, kind of got him over the hump. Those it it boosted his average. I think twenty five points alone that day. Um, and, and since then, he's been on a continual upswing. Now, when I look at the Rangers, sixteen games back. Obviously, you know Houston just rolled through here. I mean, Houston is what Houston is. They're, they, them and the Yankees, clearly the two best teams right now. Even though we got a long way to go. But there's 20 teams out there right now in baseball that either lead their division, lead the wild card, or within three games or less of a wild card burst. So we got 20 of the 30 teams who are technically in it. I look at Texas four games back, lot to play, four games back in the wild card. If you're running the show there, how do you handle as the trading deadline's coming up? Are you in it or are you selling? Well, I, I, I'm, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm not going to speak for Chris Young or, or John Daniels. I'll let them say what, the, what they said, which is basically they're going to approach this in an opportunistic way. Uh, if they can make this team better for 2022, great. But if they can make it better for 2023 when they really think their window of opportunity is going to open, then that's really what the focus is. And by that, it, it narrows it down to this. The Rangers are looking for controllable pieces out there. They're not going all in on rental guys. They're not gonna. They're not gonna try and, and add a guy just for two months. But if there are controllable starters and controllable outfielders out there who can make this team better and improve their opportunity, their 
their chance this year, that's great. But really, the, the fit is for 2023. And I think where the pitching market is concerned, the Rangers basically have to look at it this way. Are the guys who are going to be available right now, and you know you know, with, that Frankie Montas would be among that group and Louis Castillo in Cincinnati among that group, are the guys who are available now going to be as good or better than the free agent class this winter? And, and that, I think, is what the Rangers' real decision is. They're going to add. Is it via a trade before August 2nd, or is it this winter – in free agency and just how attractive the franchise new ballpark taxes a lot of guys like to live there just when you look at the new ballpark and then everything that happens with your contract and everything how attractive now are the rangers to free agents well let's take it from the perspective of pitching right in the past the idea of pitchers coming here you had to I can't even describe the adjective you'd have to use to how grossly you'd have to overpay them to get them to Texas <laughs> and pitch in that heat. Yeah. But the ballpark is 72 degrees every night. And I can't tell you the number of visiting officials, players, um, and, and, and broadcasters who have come, come through and said, oh, my God, it's so comfortable. It's so nice in here now. That, that makes an impression with pitchers. It's not a personal hell to go out on that mound. That's not a portal to purgatory for pitchers anymore to pitch in this ballpark. It's a very fair pitcher's ballpark. You're not going to need an IV after the game. There are fly balls that are going to go out of the outfield and die for you in front of the, in, in front of the fence. So I think that's a big, that's a big element, but still, you know, the number one factor is money and the Rangers can't bank on the lack of state income tax. They can't bank on how cheap it is to live in Texas they can't bank on anything, even the fact that the ballpark is going to be more comfortable. They've still got to make the most competitive offer on the market. When you look at the Astros, what you've seen just as a complete, no one's catching them. I, I can't imagine there's a story out there. Just how complete is this team that you've seen so far this year? Well, I I, I think what speaks for itself is the run the Astros just had against the New York teams, right? Nine straight games against the Yankees and the Mets and went seven and two. and I. I think the two losses were walk-off losses, maybe. Correct. Um, they, they are a really well-put-together team. They, I, I feel like Jordan Alvarez is a very, very bad man, and he's done some very, very bad things to baseballs for several years now. I've, I've really loved what he brings to the lineup. Um, and, and this team, is a, it, it's, it's a complete lo- – I, I don't know where the weakness is. Maybe they could add a reliever. Um, you can always add some starting depth, but that's as complete a, a club as I've seen. I I think we're looking, to me, the American League is pretty much an open and shut case. It's going to be the Yankees and Astros for the AL Championship Series, and we'll see who can, who can land the last punch there. But I, I can't make a call between those two teams, but certainly what the Astros just did is pretty impressive. Well, you know, growing up as a pitcher, everybody loved one guy, and Cody was just at the ballpark in Texas. And we, for our set here, our new set, because now that we're doing this on YouTube and Twitter, we're trying to gather stuff from all the teams that we play, especially in division. He brought home the Nolan Ryan bobblehead, and all of us who grew up 70s and 80s idolized this guy uh, nobody better. I actually was such a big 
George, Brett, Nolan, Ryan fan, Evan, growing up, that I went and saw them get inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame back in 1999. So we, we got Nolan, our favorite here, on the set representing the Rangers. Just I, what is his relationship still with the Rangers? I know he's still with the Astros. I mean, he's a Texas god. I think he's even in the Cowboy Hall of Fame in Texas. But where is the relationship with the great Nolan Ryan, the Express, the Hall of Famer with the Rangers? Well, a couple of things. First of all, that bobblehead is – that's the old school Nolan Ryan bobblehead. And each year, pretty much the Rangers find some reason to give out a Nolan Ryan bobblehead. I've got about six different Nolan Ryan versions here, but this one is in commemoration of, of the 50th anniversary of the Rangers first year. So congratulations on that one. We'll try and get you another Ranger bobblehead at some point in time. That's I love it. Add to help us. Help us add. We, we have we'll the uh, we'll we, have, we have Safeco Field here, the uh, snow globe, Safeco Field. There you go. The, but I, uh, listen, Nolan has ended his relationship with the Astros. His son Reed is, is, is out as the Astros president of business uh, administration. And I think Nolan's place in baseball right now is, is he's comfortable just kind of sitting back the, there was a documentary film that was released in May called Facing Nolan. It's about a two, about an hour and a half long documentary that his son and, and a group, I forget the name of the production company, put together on, on Nolan's career. And it really, once again, gives insight into this is who this guy is, who is just an incredible competitor and just a very decent human being. And uh, the Rangers had a the Rangers and Nolan have had this kind of come and go relationship was here for five years as a pitcher had an ongoing uh personal services contract um then he went to work uh basically for the Astros for a while and and had the uh the minor league club the Round Rock Express which was the Astros affiliate came back to the Rangers as an executive spent about seven years here Round Rock became a Rangers affiliate went back to the Astros, and now Nolan really doesn't have a relationship with any team. Round Rock is back in the Rangers um, in the Rangers family of, of minor league affiliates, though, and I think the relationship with the Rangers and Nolan is, is growing again. He was here at the end of May for the first public airing of that documentary and did a Q&A on the field, uh, seemed to be really happy with where he is right now, and, and that's being a grandpa, a rancher, and uh, comfortable with his place in baseball. And I will say, if it, I, I'm not sure when it's going to be released on like Netflix and, and, and streaming platforms, but facing Nolan, it's, for, for the hardcore baseball fan, it's not going to break a whole lot of new ground. But if you're a baseball fan, you'll enjoy it. If you're a Nolan Ryan fan, you'll love it. And it's just a nice story about a nice guy who's etched an incredible uh, uh, career in, in baseball. It truly is amazing. You know, I grew up in San Diego, so it was always like, hey, you don't know how much longer Nolan's going to pitch, so he's coming in with the Astros, and just year after year after year. Then we started going up to watch him in Anaheim because, oh, this could be Nolan Ryan's last year with the Rangers. I went through that, like, my entire, like, growing up into my teenage years, even into college here in the Bay Area when I went to San Jose State, and I'm now not watching Nolan Ryan as a Ranger uh, take on the Oakland A. So I used to see him in San Diego, then I'd go see him in Anaheim, then I saw him here. It's like my whole adult life. 
Nolan Ryan was on his last leg, and he just kept on pitching. It's truly amazing. And then you think what he did in business, whether you're talking about banking, you talk about the meat company. I mean, he's been successful in so many different endeavors. And you just can't. I cannot. I, I can't properly underscore what he means to people here in Texas. Um, whether you're an Astros fan or whether you're a Rangers fan, you probably, uh, if particularly if you're of a certain age, have, have a Nolan Ryan memory. Um, anybody he's come across pretty much uh, is just blown away by how nice of a gentleman he is um, off the field. And I think in some regards, you know, some of the things that Ranger fans love about him is, we get that image over and over again at the ballpark of him putting Robin Ventura in a headlock <laughs> and punching Robin Ventura as a middle-aged man. And there's a lot of us that can agree with, can, can kind of identify with that now, but that is, you know, people love that big, tough Texan, but off the field, he's so unassuming and so humble and so witty that uh, I, I think he just disarms a lot of people. Well, I'll tell you, I, I'm never shocked when I meet somebody uh, a, a man from Texas and his name's Nolan. I'm never shocked by that. There's a lot of kids here who have been named <laughs> Nolan. There's no doubt about that. Hey, we always appreciate the time. Thank you so much. We'll see you back here in Oakland. Be well and enjoy this series and enjoy the All-Star break. Thanks, Chris. Y'all take care. Be well. Evan Grant does a great job covering uh, covering the Rangers for the Dallas Morning News. Still one of the big-time papers in our country. When so many papers have fallen off, Dallas Morning News is still one of the big players. And you want to know why? I'm going to treat you. Who's this? Uh, Billy, uh, Brad Pitt. Playing who? Billy Bean. And who am I doing this to? Jonah Hill. So okay. you know, if you're watching our show, if you're listening to it, you may hear the snap. But when I do this, what does that mean? He gets on base. I want an answer. Why is the Dallas Morning News still to this day? a big-time newspaper. Do you want me to speak? We're not pointing at you yet. Yeah, I'm pointing at you. Well, I know, but I just wanted to play that. Uh, no, I like it. Why is it so I, – I Tim Callishaw? I, 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 <laughs> I, I have to admit this. There's sometimes at night, like I get done with the show. I can't sleep after the – do you think I get all wired up for the A's Clubhouse show and then can just go to sleep? This year, maybe, but any other year, no. No, I, 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 I get off, I can't sleep. So I, I'll get in bed and I'll do – I, I so many times get into Moneyball dumpster dive into the uh, into just the little videos they've cut up. Oh, yeah, on YouTube, they're great. Oh, they're great. They're great. I like a guy with a little hair on his ass. <laughs> the scouts are the best. Scott no. Hatterberg. Who? Hatterberg. Exactly. Well, Sounds like an Oakland A already. Sounds like an <laughs> Oakland A already. Um, why is the Dallas Morning News the best? Or why are they so round? It's the Dallas Cowboys. People, you don't understand. Like, I, I've said for years, hey, listen, A's need to be relevant when the Raiders and the Niners start. And then after that, the Warriors are going to start. Now, even though the Warriors will be, I mean, you'd, Warriors start what, November when? What do you mean? People are talking about Summer League. Yeah, but I'm yeah, but I mean you're they're gonna start it's like late October. Early they're gonna November. start playing games preseason. Yeah. October. You gotta be relevant. When you're in a big market, you gotta be relevant when the other you have you have a window of when you are by yourself. The A's and the Giants have this window. 
you're by yourself, you better be good. And if you think our window is is one that closes up fast, try being in the same parking lot as the Dallas Cowboys. Where, okay, so the de- what, what do they call that? It's Jerry World? I was about to say the Death Star, but that's the Raiders. AT&T Stadium? So here you have AT&T Stadium, right? And there's a massive parking lot around it. And then over here is the Rangers Stadium. And in between is what we, we talk about, the Texas Live, which is a cool place. It has a bunch of restaurants, bars where people can go. They've built a hotel there now also. But over here is Jerry's World. Over here is the ballpark. You can see each other. You can see from the A's ball, from the Rangers ballpark, what the hell is it called? Globe Life uh, Park. Glow Life Field Park. Uh, the old see. one was Glow Life Field. <laughs> I've been to the old one. I, mean, I confused even when I was there. Um, it looks like it's Globe Life Field. All right. Globe Life Field is my phone where the Rangers play. Jerry's World's right here. They're, they're basically in the same parking lot almost. And you can see you can see them. I mean, you can walk. People go to Texas Live, which is the bars and everything right here. They walk to the football stadium. Let me tell you something. If you're not relevant by football season, it's like you don't need to exist after that. Because it's all Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? Yeah! <laughs> it's all Cowboys. There's, there's nobody in the NFL bigger than the Cowboys. The Cowboys are America's team. No one... No one travels better than the Cowboys. No one fills up stadiums like the Cowboys. There's a reason why um, they had that guy. Who was the guy? What, one minute? Yeah, 405 pregame start. What? Yeah. I'm just getting started. What What guy? Who was the guy? Ed Werner? Yeah, Ed Werner, yeah. ESPN had one guy cover one team. He was the only guy that covered one team. Well, no, didn't Sal Powell only cover the Eagles? No, Sal Powell covered the entire NFL. Uh, yeah, well, Ed Warner was did there. a lot of Eagles stuff because he was there. Ed Warner was a cowboy. They had ESPN had one guy who covered one team. The other thirty-one teams, they everybody else. This guy was at Cowboys every day. ESPN had one guy. The Cowboys are so. If you're the Rangers and you're not relevant by the time training camp starts, bye bye. Dallas Morning News has survived being because people want their cowboy coverage. What's, I think training camp starts in two weeks. So the Rangers got two weeks to be relevant before uh, Dak, Zeke, whoever, they don't have Amari Cooper anymore. I mean, the Cowboys are a big deal. They can come to California Oxnard and sell out training camp. Oh, that's right. I forgot to do an Oxnard. I mean, seriously, they are the big swing and you know what. So so you better you better be relevant. All right, that's it. Yeah, we want to thank Evan Grant. We want to thank the great Bob Nightingale for stopping by. We're going to have Emo and uh, Jonathan Mayo from MLB.com and MLB Network to talk about the draft and the A's farm system tomorrow. Oh, by the way, just sad, the baseball rankings today oh, the on the Athletic. Basically, A's are 30th, and they got like a paragraph. I went, ah. Yeah. Everybody else got a write-up. Yeah, the A's. We got a hand. Eh. They're 29. What are, what are we, 29 and 58 or uh, 29 and 59? We got an uh Hey, they won a game against the Astros. That's just win one against Houston. They just did. win, baby. Yeah. 
All right, that will do it for A's Cast Live. Coming up in a few minutes, we'll have A's Total Access brought to you by Chevron. And we will get you ready for A's and the Rangers, the start of a three-game set before the Athletics go to Houston. And after that, it's the All-Star break. Thank God. Thank you for watching. We'll see everybody tomorrow at 2 o'clock right here on A's Cast Live. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than The Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.